It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tuesday, June 30th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, uh, we, we got a chance to talk to Terry Francona and Chris Antonetti yesterday, and the Indians released their 60-man player pool on Sunday. So let's take a little bit uh, of time here to go over some of the decisions that they made. Uh, but first, we're going to jump in and do some audio from our interviews with Antonetti and uh, Francona. Here's a few minutes from Chris Antonetti talking about the Indians process and what they went through to, to arrive at their 60 man player pool. I think like any decision we make, we'll try to weigh all of the information. I think we'll try to do it in a way that makes sense and maybe not overly focus on what happened in the last day or two, but really look at all of the information and the balance of the information to help um, us decide what the best roster looks like. Um, I think this time maybe a little bit more unique than even a normal spring training is there will be a function of just the player's readiness um, once they show up because three weeks doesn't give players a lot of time to make up for any lost ground. So Based upon the information we have right now and the communication we've had with our players uh, through our coaching staff and our um, performance staff, we believe all of our players are coming into spring training 2.0 in a really good spot, ready to hit the ground running um, and to go out and prepare for a season. To the extent that's not the case for an individual, that could have an impact on our decisions. We do expect to fill the final five spots, exactly how we fill those spots. Um, We'll have to take, we'll take a little bit of time to sort through. Um, there may be some players that we bring in from outside the organization, and then we'll really want to get a sense of, because this is all new to us, um, let's get the guys that we, we have. Let's see where we are. Let's see what additions we may want to make to that roster, whether we want to bring in another few players that would support the depth of our major league team or potentially be more developmentally focused. But we thought there would be some benefit to having some flexibility because as much as we tried to prepare for the decisions and make the best decisions we could with the information we had, we recognize it's imperfect and things could change quickly. So having some flexibility with those last few, last few spots we thought would be beneficial for us. I think in the near term, there is so much excitement and enthusiasm to get back to baseball that guys literally can't wait to get here and get started and be around their teammates and get back to preparing for a season. 
And my sense is that enthusiasm will continue um, into the regular season. Now, I do think it might be challenging, you know, playing guys are used to playing in front of a lot of people and the emotions of the crowd. So I think, um, you know, that will be an adjustment for them. But we see it again. Our guys do a great job of reframing things because it's an opportunity for us to handle that adversity better than another team. And Tito talks about this every year in spring training. The success of our team will be defined by how we overcome those obstacles, how we come together to overcome that adversity. And to the extent we can do that better than other teams, that gives us a chance to win more games and get to get to and play in the postseason. Along those lines, Chris, does I mean, you've talked in, in great length about Tito and what he means. Over this shortened window, is that that message that he's already instilled in the culture here, does that, does that mean even more now? Absolutely. I think, again, Tito's always obsessing over about the team identity and the culture that we're continuing to, to build. And that's continued over this period of quarantine. I mean, we've had multiple um, small group player calls. We've had full group uh, player calls. And I know Tito's already planning his messaging for when guys uh, arrive this week. And a big part of that will be talking about some of those same themes and an urgency to come together as a team, maybe even more quickly than we have in the past. All right, Paul. So what did you think of just the, the rationale and the reasoning that, that Antonetti used and, and sat down with, with Francona and the, the higher ups there at the Indians to, to come up with this pool of players that are going to be eligible to play in 2020 for the, for the club? Yeah, I thought it made sense, Joe. Uh, you know, they wanted to uh, protect themselves as much as they could uh, with the big league club, you know, give, give um, the 30-man uh, roster, at least on opening day, as much depth as it can, as they could. And then, uh, you know, then they obviously they went through, um, you know, the system and, and picked the, uh, the top prospects or the prospects they felt could, you know, really needed uh, uh, to improve their games or to another, you know, to, not to sit idle for, you know, a whole season. And this way, like Daniel Espino and – Ethan Hankins, uh, Aaron Brocco, those kind of guys that can, um, you know, they could really, uh, you know, I think uh, it could really help them uh, being around big league players uh, for the, for the, you know, for the 60 game stretch and spring training and uh, just learn from them and also to keep playing, keep playing inter-squad games and to find out where they are on, on the way to the big leagues. Right. The, the decisions for some of the, the, the developmental players, I guess, uh, based pretty much almost down the line on the, the top prospects in the organization. All of those guys who are, are being talked about and are, are ranked rather highly and are sort of those coveted guys like uh, a George Valera or a Tyler Freeman or a Nolan Jones, those are guys who are going to continue to get work uh, with coaching and a, a facility there as opposed to the other sort of farmhands who won't be, uh, you know, brought along in that way. You know, it's almost like a, hey, we'll see you next year sort of thing. Uh, so let's, uh, before we go down and break down all the 60 names on the roster, uh, let's just really quickly get a chance to hear from Terry Francona and what he had to say and, and, and really just sort of his take on where the, the club is and where his expectations are when everybody arrives later on this week. If I had the perfect answer, I'd give it to you, but I'd be lying. 
I mean, we've never gone through anything like this. Um, I do know that there's a few ways you can look at it. You know, we can either look at it that we're coming into August and we're tied for first place <laughs> with four other teams, or you can shrug your shoulders and roll your eyes and be like, yeah, you know, there's nobody in the stands and whatever. I, I can't, I can't imagine our guys acting like the second, you know, we're going to have to come up with some of our own enthusiasm and, and like I said, fall back on the things that we believe in as a team more now than ever, because there aren't going to be people in the stands. But again, you know, we, we talk all the time about valuing what it takes to, to win more than the other teams. That is never going to be more evident than now. And the teams that handle it the best probably are going to give themselves the best chance to win. I mean, to me, baseball's, you know, I'm sitting in my office today and we're starting to talk about baseball. And my palms are getting, you know, I'm good to go. If I got to put a mask on, that's not the, that might even help me. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I just think it, 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 it is what you make it. I mean, I went through the 81 season, my rookie year, and that was a second, you know, they, they cut the season in half and I I don't remember playing in those games thinking, boy, this doesn't mean anything. I remember being nervous as can be and thinking that, you know, it was the greatest thing in the world. So, again, it is what you make it. And I believe in our groups, and that will be one of our challenges. Uh, I, think, I think you have patience when you think it will do you the most good. And I think sometimes, you know, if, if you feel like you need to make a move, you do. Um, the game, the game, you know, baseball still baseball. And, and I've been in positions before where we've been tied going into August and, you know, it's a lot of fun, but there's still some times where you sit there and think I need to be patient because if I am, we're going to, the, the payoff has got a chance to really be rewarding. Are, are we perfect in our decision-making? No. And I certainly haven't been, but you try to do the best you can. I mean, if Bieber goes out and gives up four runs in the first inning, we're not going to take him out of the rotation. You know, we're going to we're going to try to use some judgment there. We've actually tried to come up with a way, like when we're setting up the clubhouse for spring training, where the guys that are the best best of friends, we have them in different clubhouses, and it's not and it's not because we don't care about chemistry. We do, but we want to adhere to the guidelines because right now first and foremost we got to keep guys we, we don't want anybody getting sick and we're going to explain that to the players and does it concern me yeah heck yeah every manager I guarantee you would love to you know the the kumbaya and all that you know the you know the rah-rah we're you know we're one all all the things we talk about I think what we're going to have to do though is fall back on what we've continued to believe in and going back years because some of this we're just not going to be able to do as a team. Like we're not going to be able to meet, you know, before each day in spring training as a team, we just can't do it. So we're going to have to rely on, on, on the guys doing the right thing. Whoever, who, whatever group handles the challenges that come at you, because we, we all have talked about the challenges but there's going to be some yet that we don't even know yet. Right. And whoever has the ability to adjust, not roll their eyes, but embrace 
what's coming at us and do it together. That's going to be a team. I mean, I know you got to pitch. I know you got to hit. But I mean, if you give yourself a chance to, to, to just roll with the punches and accept what's coming, you got a chance to be fun. I mean, if we're winning games, we're, I'm, I'm going to go on the limb and say we're probably going to be having fun. All right, Hoinsy. So it sounds like Tito's ready to go. Yeah, he's uh, he's excited. On a Zoom call yesterday, he he looked great. Uh, he was upbeat, and uh, you know I think he's really missed baseball, just like all of us. And uh, you know, I'm, it's going to be really really interesting to see, you know, how he handles this season, how he handles one a no bubble gum. He's going to bubble gum free, chew free uh, with the mask. So uh, you know that's that's one thing that that we're going to have to watch, but just the uh, message he imparts. And, um, you know, he, he's so careful with that. Like you wrote today, Joe, that he takes such great pride in, uh, you know, that, that first spring train, the first day of spring training, his message to the team. And it's kind of, they have to break it down this year. They have to, you know, kind of write it out and uh, put it on, you know, deliver it, kind of hand deliver it to the players. And instead of, you know, everybody getting together and, and really taking a chance at somebody getting the virus. So, you know, just, just a totally different season, totally different approach to it. All right. Well, the, uh, the names that uh, appear on this 60-man player pool, really not any real surprises up and down the list. Uh, the, the 40 individuals that will train, at least initially, at Progressive Field, pretty much align with the 40-man the roster and a few uh, non-roster invitees who were with the team in, in spring training the first time. Catchers, obviously, Roberto Perez, Sandy Leone, uh, Bo Taylor will be at Progressive Field over at Classic Park. Uh, prospect Bo Naylor, number one draft pick in 2018. So, uh, you know, really they've, they've sort of left themselves what we expected. Uh, I mean, you've got a gold glove catcher. And Roberto Perez, uh, a, a defensive upgrade as his backup in Sandy Leone, and Bo Taylor basically there just to, to catch for as many pitchers who were going to be there. Yeah, and he, I guess he, he would make the that uh, taxi squad, that three-man taxi squad that when they go on the road that teams are allowed to carry. One of them has to be a catcher, or maybe or Bo Naylor maybe goes. But, uh, yeah, the, obviously the, the catching is going to be held down by Perez and Leone. Uh, infielders at Progressive Field, you have Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, Cesar Hernandez, Christian Arroyo, Mike Freeman, and Yu Chang. Uh, over at Classic Park, Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman, Bobby Bradley, Ernie Clement, and Aaron Bracco. Uh, so really the guys over at Classic Park are uh, most of your, your top 20 there, um, infielders uh, in your prospect list, uh, and your your starting infield, Lindor, Ramirez, Santana, Hernandez. Those guys have been set since, uh, really, since Hernandez signed in the offseason. Uh, the only real question is when they do start making cuts on the roster and they have to get down to 28 men or down to 26 men, uh, who among Arroyo, Freeman, and Chang uh, really distinguishes himself enough to, to be able to hang on with that group? Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Joe. Uh, you know, that, that, the uh, utility job is, uh, you know, the, one of the toughest jobs in, in baseball. And it always seems like there's the most competition for that. 
you know, no matter how good or bad the team is, there's always a, a bunch of guys, you know, uh, uh, you know, competing for that job. We saw the great job Freeman did last year. I think he's got to be considered a favorite. Um, but uh, in a 60-game season, who knows? And in a three-week spring training, I, it, it just sounded to me like uh, listening to uh, Tito last yesterday that that it's going to be really, really hard for somebody to come out of nowhere and win a job this in three weeks. You know, I think they're going to go based on track record. Freeman did a great job last year. He's got to be the favorite. But that doesn't mean uh, – you can't make a move in 60 games if somebody isn't performing. If there's a hurt, if there's an injury, you know they've got plenty of guys to fill in. Yeah, I really think that that competition comes down to Arroyo and Freeman. And if Arroyo can, with his bat, make a statement at any point between now and the you know the first couple of weeks of the of the season, if he can do that, then maybe he gets he gets that spot over Freeman. But but who knows? Uh, any chance of Nolan Jones, Tyler Freeman, uh, at all making an appearance with the big league club this year in your mind? Uh, you know, I think there's always a chance. You know, somebody can twist an ankle. Somebody can get hurt. Um, you know, ideally, I think they want to go with, you know, Lindo Ramirez, uh, Santana, and, uh, and, uh, and Hernandez. You know, we, I think that's what the plan is. But – you know, they brought those guys to camp for a reason. You know, they're going to – you know, I don't think you're going to see like a Brocco or, you know, Freeman or maybe maybe a Jones. I, I don't know. Uh, but it just depends on, you know, how the big league club is doing. If they're in, if they're in contention, I think they're going to stick with – they stick with, uh, the, you know, the, the regulars because it's 60 games. Nobody's going to get – burned out I don't know if there are there dog days in a 60 game season <laughs> right yeah yeah they're about 30 days in they start in August uh <laughs> Lindor Ramirez Santana Hernandez expect those four if they're if they play 60 games expect those guys to be the starting infield in 55 of them I, I would say uh, you're, you're talking about Santana who never comes out of the lineup Lindor who never comes out of the lineup I mean I, I don't I haven't seen enough or know enough about Hernandez but you know, I, I would imagine that that. He I mean, he plays every day too. Yeah, if, if you've got, you're all switch hitters. You're all play every day guys. That's your that's your four man. If if those four guys can produce, that's that that's going to go a long way. Uh, outfielders, here's where it gets fun. Uh, at Progressive Field, Oscar Mercado, Tyler Naquin, Fran Mill Reyes, Domingo Santana, Delano DeShields, Jordan Luplo, Greg Allen, Daniel Johnson, Jake Bowers, Bradley Zimmer. <gasps> <laughs> it's a mouthful. And over at Classic Park, you've got one outfielder in George Valera. Uh, I would imagine that, uh, you know, at least for shagging balls, you got to have a couple more gloves out there or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that's the, the most crowded and the most intrigue, I think, is there in the outfield where you've got Mercado and Framil Reyes are your everyday guys. They've, they've, they've got to be in the lineup every day. Uh, beyond that, you're going to sort of try and mix and match and, and see who produces. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you've got uh, taking a account like a guy like DeShields or Allen, uh, those extra innings, you know, when you can start a guy at second base, those guys are your speed guys. You know, Daniel Johnson is an intriguing guy. I don't know if there's space for him right now, but, uh, you know, Luplo did a great job against uh, lefties last year. 
you know, Naquin had a great season last year until he hurt his, you know, until he blew out his ACL. Uh, they, they say he's ready to go. Uh, so I think if he's healthy, you know, he's in there. Domingo Santana is kind of a wild card. He didn't have that great a spring, you know, in February and March before uh, the pandemic shut things down. Bradley Zimmer seems like uh, a guy that's still coming back, you know, got, who, you know, initially right after uh, spring training was uh, suspended, they, he was he was sent down, but, uh, you know, or options. So we don't know about that. But, uh, you know, I think Naquin, like you said, Naquin, Raymond, uh, Reyes, um, Mercado, um, you know, Allen and DeShields and Luplo. I think those are, those are guys that, you know, you really got to get a, give a close look to. Right. And, and I guess, I, I guess the guy who keeps getting overlooked by everybody is Jake Bowers and who knows where, or, you know, how many at bats right. he's going to get, but you know, Bowers, if, if Naquin is not a hundred percent and fully ready to go, I got to believe that Bowers would be the guy who would be the the platoon guy with Luplo, uh, possibly in 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 left field there. Um, so yeah, that's that that's it. And, and George Valera showed a little bit of pop in spring training, showed that he could hit a home run, but he's he's uh, a couple of years away at least. Yeah, and we got to remember they're going to start the season with thirty players, a thirty man roster. So there's going to be room for some extra guys too. So right. and we'll see how they they work that down. What in four weeks they've got to be down to uh, twenty six. So right. um, you know I'm sure everybody's going to they'll they'll get a shot coming out of the gate and see uh, see you know see see just who you know who's playing well. And I guess on those cut down days, you know that maybe how you're playing will will decide you know, who stays and who goes. All right. Starting pitchers, uh, Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Carlos Carrasco, Aaron Savali, Adam Plutko, Zach Plesak, Logan Allen, Scott Moss, and Jeffrey Rodriguez will be at Progressive Field. Uh, Eli Morgan, Daniel Espino, Ethan Hankins, Tristan McKenzie, Sam Henkes, and John Carlos Mejia will be at Classic Park. Kind of kind of need to be uh, to have Espino and Hankins that close at this point. I mean, these are guys who were just taken in, in the 2019 draft and they're already, uh, you know, going to be that close to, you know, working out with the, the major leaguers, uh, probably not ready to see them at any point in the near future, but these are two very highly rated prospects. Yeah. Both, you know, right-handers throw hard. Um, you know, Hankins looks like, uh, you know, the classic right-handed starter. Espino, you know, the scouts have said that he maybe he, he can go work into the – maybe he's a reliever, but right now he's starting. You know, I could see maybe if there's a going down the stretch um, and uh, they, they need, uh, you know, some, somebody who throws hard and can strike out a guy in, in a critical situation, maybe they, they give one of those guys a shot, you know, and – and um, I, you know, it's probably a, a long. It's you know, I don't, I don't think that's something on the, on the front burner. But it, it would be, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they if they would do that. Tristan McKenzie really hasn't pitched competitively for almost two years now, uh, so so the idea that he might be able to provide any sort of depth to that starting rotation in case of an injury or if they need an arm, I, I can't imagine that they would, but. I, I don't think McKenzie's really got a realistic shot of pitching in a big league game this year. 
Yeah, they, they handled them with kid gloves in spring training this year, uh, Joe. I mean, in spring training one, you know, they started games and he didn't even pitch uh, when he was up with the big league club. And then they sent him down and he was just getting ready to pitch in some minor league games. And, uh, you know, they, they banged the uh, spring training. So yeah, I think they're going to be really, really careful with him. Uh, You know, it just depends where he's at physically, but yeah, I'd be surprised if he, you know, made an appearance with the big league club. So in an ideal world for Tito, you've got a five man rotation of Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Carlos Carrasco, uh, Adam Plutko, Zach Plesak, and and that's five. What about Aaron Savali, Logan Allen, Scott Moss, Jeffrey Rodriguez? Do those guys get a chance to get into games early on when your pitchers aren't going deep? They could, you know, maybe one of those one one or two of those guys are in the bullpen, um, you know, to give you some length there, like like you were talking about, that could piggyback and follow one of the starters. I think uh, Francona was saying yesterday that uh, most of the starters, you know, guys like Bieber and, and Clevenger and Plesac are have have uh, you know are stretched out enough where they could go four four innings or sixty five pitches, you know, so, and so maybe. Uh, Let's say uh, Beaver's the opening day starter, and uh, Savali comes, you know, goes four. Savali comes in and goes two, and then you turn it over to the bullpen, something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 ideally, in my mind, sounds like something that could work. You might as well try it. But that again, all depends on is Aaron Savali. Does he have the makeup of the kind of guy who can come out of the bullpen, or is he only going to be a starter? In, in, in is that going to screw him up? So, who knows what the uh, what the future holds in that regard uh as yeah. far go or you could you know maybe go with Carrasco I don't know if if they feel Carrasco you know isn't quite there isn't quite built up maybe you know they use him coming out of the pen as uh you know in the sixth or seventh or eighth in, sixth and seventh inning right he, he does have that experience uh relief pitchers at progressive field Brad Hand Nick Wickren Oliver Perez James Karinchak James Hoyt Adam Simber Hunter Wood Phil Maton, Dominic Leone, Cam Hill, and Anthony Ghost at Classic Park, Nick Sandlin, and Kyle Nelson. Uh, it would appear uh, guys like Leone and Ghost uh, would be up just to, to sort of get a look and then would probably be with that reserve squad, maybe on that taxi squad. Uh, also, the possibility of, of Cam Hill. I know they like Cam Hill. He, he, uh, he He's the kind of guy that they – they sort of look at and say, you know, he might have a, a role in, beyond this this season with the team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's coming off uh, Tommy John. I think he's about a year removed. Came back and pitched half a season last year. Uh, they like his uh, poise on the mound. Uh, Ghost is, you know, the, the uh, converted outfielder. Throws really, really hard. He he had some good outings in spring training, some not so good outings. He's, you know, control is his big thing. Uh, you know, that's his, uh, that's the thing he's got to, you know, work on. Uh, but velocity off the charts. Didn't see much of Leon um, in, in spring training. He was one of the, he was, I think Joe, he's the only guy, one of the few outside guys that, you know, they signed a minor league deal with. Mm-hmm and uh, brought into camp. Everybody else is pretty much homegrown here or, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, came up through the organization last year. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's sort of the whole bullpen really is going to 
go by what those middle guys and those those length guys sort of are, are going to be able to get to, get them to uh, Simber, Wickren, and Hand, and Perez at the end. So do you, do you give those guys like a, a Maton or a Hunter Wood, you know, like one or two good looks, and then if he's not producing, you you gotta you gotta kick him loose. Well, yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Uh, you know, Maton had a great spring. He really pitched well. I think he opened some eyes there. Uh, his ball moves all over the place. You know, a lot of movement. Uh, they got him in as part of. Uh, they got him from San Diego, and I can't. It was a deal last year. It wasn't the uh, Bauer deal, but it was a deal right before that, I believe. Right, right. It was for international player pool money. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, Hunter Wood is a guy we, you know, we kind of saw off and on a little bit um, in uh, after they got him from Tampa Bay as velocity. We didn't get to – He, I don't think he really got to, you know, kind of settle in in the pen. So we really haven't gotten a good look at him, but he's got good velocity. Um, and I think uh, he might be out of options. So I, I don't know right. uh, how that plays into this this uh, 60 game season. I would think they're still working, right? So right, yeah. Um, they, the options are still are, are still the same way as they were before. You know, it's not like you're you come up, you're you burn an option. So uh, guy that I that Antonetti mentioned was Nick Sandlin. Uh, you know, this is a kid who had pitched at three different levels in his, his first year with the organization after being drafted in 2018. And then uh, I believe missed the season with the uh, forearm injury. Yeah. He had forearm surgery uh, last year. Uh, there's a guy that, you know, I think they, they kind of fast track. He came out of uh, college was their second round pick. Uh, you know, he's got that funky three quarters delivery, and I thought they 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 felt he could really you know get to the big leagues fast. So, um, but he's still recovering. I don't think he went. He was in spring training um, in February, but didn't throw a whole lot. I think he was he was working out, but I, I don't know where his you know where he's at right now. But the fact that they brought him to this camp for spring training too uh, means you know he must be ready to pitch and compete. So, uh, you know. He, he, He's a guy that that could maybe sneak on there in, into the big league game, a big league game or two, and just show you what he can do because he's deceptive and uh, give you a, a different look coming out of the pen. Right. Yeah. If if we hit August and Nick Sandlin is you know e- even close to being a possibility on the on the major league club, then you know something's really going going wrong with the bullpen uh, if they're if they're looking to him for depth uh, at that point. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think, uh, or yeah, or, or there's an injury, but yeah, right. yeah, I don't, I don't think they they brought him up here to uh, you know make 20 appearances and uh, you know take over the seventh inning. I you know, and obviously he's uh, uh, you know he's here just to kind of get his feet, you know, keep keep progressing and get his feet on the ground and just keep uh, moving toward the big leagues, you know, in in a in a normal season, but. You know, I think all bets are off with with you know who could pitch and who could compete uh, for for these for this season, depending how long it goes. Right. I go back to what I you know I said earlier about the the four guys, the starting infield. Boy, if by some miracle that they they're able to to play a sixty game season and get through all this, and those guys play in every game, that would be like just an amazing accomplishment to to have your same four infielders 
start every game. Uh, and, and that means they've avoided injuries. That means they've avoided slumps. That means they've avoided the coronavirus, which is, the, you know, the, the first and foremost thing that they need to avoid. So, uh, yeah, it's so, so that's how the, the 60 man roster lays out. What, uh, what do you think? Is this, uh, is this going to be enough to get the Indians to the playoffs? You know, Joe, I, I, I like, obviously I like the infield. I like the starting pitching. Um, the outfield, I think, uh, Francona will, will be able to mix and match. He's got 10 guys, um, on the uh, big league roster. I think we've seen him do this over the last five, six, seven years, kind of, you know, find the right, the right combinations of players. The bullpen is a concern to me. I, I, you know, I wonder, I would have felt much, much better about this pen if, if Class A, Emmanuel Class A was, was one, of the, one of the eligible pitchers on the 40-man. On the but, you know, he's, he's serving uh, suspension for PED. For PEDs, he's going to miss the year. Uh, the bullpen to me is a little bit shaky. I think they've got a lot to prove. All right. Well, as we progress into the possibility of, of getting out there and actually seeing these guys on the field and, and entering the ballpark and, and, you know, working as media to sort of cover this and, and bring these stories to the, to the fans. Uh, we'll be finding out what our level of access will be uh, sometime later on today. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to follow along here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Paul, look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Good, good deal, Joe. Thanks, man.